Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. You can find Fort Worth Roots on all the podcast players. Whichever one you like, you can find it there. And on all the social media, it's simply Fort Worth Roots. We even have a YouTube and a TikTok. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can find it. Fort Worth Roots. Uh, Stay tuned to the very end of the episode. We teamed up with another podcast called Night's Tale. They're telling their audience about us, and we're letting y'all know about them. That's at the very end of the episode. Today's episode comes with a little bit of a story before I start. And I did write this down, so bear with me. Uh, In 1914, the 400-seat ISIS Theater opened its doors to the public here in Fort Worth, Texas. This beautiful building was destroyed by fire in 1935 when a projector malfunctioned and set the ISIS ablaze. Rebuilt and reopened in 1936, it was then again devastated by a deadly flood in 1949. This place has been through a lot. The building was again restored and continued to operate until 1988 when the building was showing signs of age and then basically abandoned. For almost 30 years, the theater sat idle and continued to fall apart. Then in 2016, a visionary couple took it upon themselves to bring the ISIS back from the grave. The restoration process took nearly five years and enhancement projects still continue to this day. Downtown Cowtown at the ISIS Theater is finally open with live entertainment on the weekends and classic films during the week. If you don't have time for a performance, pop in for a moment and enjoy a beverage at a full-service speakeasy-style bar open seven days a week till midnight. That's the little script I made for myself. But this place is really incredible. There's even a little uh, drive through air quotes, window on the corner. You can just walk up there, get a drink, and keep walking. I don't know if you know this about the stockyards, but it's cool to have an open beverage while you're walking down the street. So, And they did this not just as a cool way to throw beer at people through a window, but it used to be that corner of the building, um, a pharmacy, and then at a time it was a jewelry store. But it's been a lot of different things. There's a lot of history tied into Fort Worth in this building. But you can get yourself a beverage as you're passing by and continue on your way. And in that manner, support the theater. So uh, lots of different ways that you can uh, enjoy yourself at this theater or just support it. Uh, We went and saw a performance last night. This was the 20th of November. It's Charles Ross's One Man Star Wars Trilogy. And the reason I'm telling you about this is because it was incredible. At first, whenever I heard about this, I'm like, how does a one-man performance do the Star Wars Trilogy? That just doesn't even make sense in my brain. I can't calculate that. It was incredible. Anyway, I've said that enough. The next event that I want to tell you about at this place is the grand opening gala. Now, they've got a bunch of other stuff in between now and then, but Thursday and Friday, December 16th and 17th at 6 p.m., it's a big event. And uh, they're bringing out night one, McBride and the Ride reunion concert. Night two, Katie Caden and Ross Short from The Voice. Uh, People are going to be dressed up in semi-formal attire or 1920s themed attire going to be a really cool deal. Hope we get to go. Uh, check out more details about that event and more at downtowncowtown.com. But don't count on me to keep you up to date with everything that's going on down there. We'll try our best, but for more information about the theater and what they have going on there, downtowncowtown.com. Thank y'all for being here. Let's give it up for Jeffrey Smith and let's start the show.
So you started off uh, as as educators. Uh, yeah, well, um, I, you know, I've been in theater my whole life. I've done theater since I was in, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade, and just absolutely love every bit of it, whether it's being on stage or behind the scenes or directing, producing, whatever. I, I love every bit of it. Um, I've always enjoyed it. I've always considered it home. Um, it's always what I always come back to, uh, even if I go and do other things and explore other things and get excited and passionate about other things. I still that always has been home. That's home. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we were in education, my wife and I both, uh, both teachers, my wife, uh, teacher of just about everything, history, English, credit recovery, uh, co-op, you name it. I mean, she's brilliant and was able to do just a whole lot of uh, different uh, types of subjects and was very good at everything that she did. Um, I was a theater teacher. I was a theater teacher for about 14, 15 years. Were you teaching high school, college? High school. Yeah. High school. Yeah. And all the time I've always been involved either with, you know, Texas Educational Theater Association and working as their technical director or whatever. Um, and, you know, helping and consulting and talking with folks about how to build their technical programs, how to work with, you know, actors and acting programs and what have you. Um, but uh, after about 14, 15 years, I'd taken a program from zero kids to about 300 uh, in the theater program and we were bursting at the seams wow. and I just I loved that connection and working with the kids I was like I want more and so of course I went over to the dark side and got my administrator certification <laughs> became an administrator uh, was an administrator for a while um, and uh, that's where you know the further up you go you know you're pulling the curtain back on the wizard and uh, was just getting very frustrated and disillusioned and wasn't having as much connection with the kids yeah which was important to me. Um, but about 2016, uh, my wife and I sat down, we were at a crossroads and we were just kind of like, what do we really see ourselves doing? And um, we had always, I've always driven by this building. I, you know, every time I see it, it right. just hurts my heart to see that it just hasn't really taken, you know, it hasn't been brought back. Yeah. And uh, I've always had idle conversations about it, always looked at it off and on, but never really could find any information about it. Um, I say that as a sidebar because as we had this conversation, um, we've got four kids ranging in age at this point from 30 to 14. Oh, wow. And um, we've even said, you know, time and time again, how can we tell our kids with all honesty and sincerity, follow your dreams, uh, that you can do anything you want to if we don't do it ourselves. Right. So as we had this big conversation about what we see ourselves doing, I didn't miss a beat. I looked at her and said, I know exactly what I want to do. I want the, the ISIS theater in Fort Worth. I want to be able to restore it, bring it back to its original luster. I want to, you know, have, you know, this beautiful bar downstairs that's open every day that people can come in and hang out and see this beautiful landmark. I want a 500 seat house. I want people to come and experience all forms of art, every theatrical performance, every live music performance. Um, I still want it to be a movie theater because that's what it was to begin with. I uh, just went through all these different things. It was very clear. I saw very clear where I wanted to go. And uh, God love my wife. She looked at me and she said, okay, let's do it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and true to form, I mean, everything you just listed off, y'all are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you hit that goal. It was, yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, it really is. Um, we, uh, uh, we literally 24 hours from the day we had that conversation, we were incorporated as a business within 24 hours of that. We had actually found the building and connections to the building, um, that we didn't know we had. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the rest of it was just, you know, building those relationships and, and enhancing on that. And, um, it would definitely doors opened the minute we decided this is what we wanted to do. And it was, I mean, full steam ahead since then. Now, keep in mind, I said 2016, that's when we right. started. So oh, yeah. 2017, um, you know, you jump into this and, um, 
uh, I got connected with the or the architect that was looking at the building with uh, previous owners before. His grandfather actually designed uh, the original. His name's Arthur Weinman. He, uh, his grandfather designed the original ISIS Theater back in 1918. Okay. So um, there was a really neat connection with him, and we've got a great relationship with him. He stayed with us through this whole process. Oh, wow. Um, he came in saying, okay, it's going to take about 15 months to get this thing done. <laughs> so my head goes, all right, great, 15 months, <laughs> let's do it. And then you start doing all the historic uh, research, and I was very diligent and careful and uh, came in here. I worked daily just coming in and just seeing what I could find, archaeologically digging, peeling back layers. What can I get out of here before we start you know, disrupting things and really getting after us? This is 2017? 2017. And how much worse was it than anybody thought? <laughs> I never thought it was that bad. Um, obviously, I had glossy eyes. Um, but, um, I mean, it was pretty gross. Uh, I mean, you come in, you know, you've got holes in the ceiling on all four corners of the building. You've got uh, piles and piles and piles of rubble. Um, I, I remember specifically walking in like a kid in a candy store going, oh, and this is going to be over here. Hang on a second. Climb up over a pile. <laughs> get over to the other side. And go, oh, and then and this is going to be over here. And then, you know, you, you're muddling your way through. I mean, it was pigeon riddled. It was... Um, junk riddled um, I do think at one point it was open access so it was almost a homeless haven yeah uh, at one point um, we found refrigerators shopping carts um, all sorts of weird items um, yeah. that were just in the building um, but uh, you know I just I just saw it as as the beautiful building the bones that were there and mm -hmm. everything um, so I kind of saw through all of that um, but it was fun, though, when you start taking people on tours and you start explaining that and they see how gross and how run down and like, yeah. Okay. I'm so glad you've got the pictures uh, of, of kind of the, the in-between stage downstairs with the destruction and the debris and everything. It, uh, I mean, it's, it's so much easier to appreciate this for what it is now, just a beautiful beautiful venue well, i appreciate that i do I mean, it, no detail was spared you've really i you know obviously i wasn't at the original but uh if if it was anywhere near this nice well we were um it, it's one of those interesting things because when you look at this building and it has such a rich history i mean since been here since 1914 mm -hmm. and gone through such a transformation i mean uh 1935 was when it uh went through its renovation to a thousand seat house uh, 1942, the Great Flood of Marine Creek, where it actually filled. It was like a lake down there because the theater's actually below street level. What year was that? 1942. I'm going to have to look into that. Because that, that must have devastated the entire city. Uh, it, there are pictures of it. You can go back and look mm -hmm. um, where this whole area down here, literally in the front lobby downstairs, it was about waist high. Damn. So, um, and that was just Marine Creek. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of businesses got hit hard um, during that time. Um, but they just, they readjusted, uh, they closed out the, um, what was originally a mezzanine. You'd actually go up the steep walkway and then turn and go up a set of stairs. Mm -hmm. uh, they closed off those stairs and made it a straight balcony so that if it ever did flood again, it would have to get all the way up that ramp and it never, never could because of the way it was designed, which was pretty smart. It, it's starting to ring some bells here. There's a picture that I've seen with Montgomery Plaza, uh, half underwater. Yes, half underwater, yeah. And uh, we That's were actually it. talking to the folks at Snooze. It's a breakfast place over there next to Montgomery Plaza. And the, we asked them, you know, why do you all see people on that second floor? And they said, well, we do now because it's there. But we hate seating people up there because we got to go up and down the stairs. But because of an old building ordinance, there has to be a second level in order for people to escape. 
in case of a flood in case of a flood the exact one you're talking about yeah for sure that's wild so yeah and it's um uh the uh, uh the the transformation from there to you know the colorful history through i mean 54 changed over to cinemascope um so it's the largest screen or was touted as one of the largest screens in fort worth it's still the same size it was in 1954 which is great okay um 1968 was when it changed ownership from Lewis Tidball to a gentleman named um, Harold Griffith, mm-hmm. which was actually, he owned Griff's Burgers. Okay. Um, very well connected throughout Fort Worth, and, mm-hmm. and he ran it from 68 to what we've been able to ascertain from talking to his children. Uh, it was about 1988 where it completely and totally shut down. So when we talk about rubble and Mother Nature doing its job, it's been doing it since 1988. Right. So 1988 to 2017 was there was nothing. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, and I understand what you're talking about. You drive by the building, and I'd I'd seen this and didn't know what was going on with it for a long time. But uh, you 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 go through the stockyards downtown Fort Worth. There's buildings all over the place, kind of sporadically, just left to their own devices, just falling apart. And you wonder how much history must be in those buildings. And thank God somebody came along and restored at least one of them. And not only just a building, but a theater. Somewhere for, for artists to meet and uh, expand the community. and, and Absolutely. Do, do good work. So yeah, that's that's what we're hoping, and and you know so far uh, we've been very fortunate. The uh, the artists that we are bringing in, it's very eclectic, and mm-hmm. and so our format, the way we're designed, is we're doing uh, classic films um, from Sunday through Thursday, and uh, religiously showing them eleven o'clock, two o'clock, five o'clock, and eight o'clock. You can come in on any one of those times, and the way we've designed it is that you can come in and look at a menu of movies, mm-hmm. and you and your friends can sit at the bar, have a drink, talk about what you want to see. Then you vote on it, and uh, then majority rules, and that's the movie you get to see. Oh, okay. So the schedule you're talking about, people coming into the theater can actually pick what they're going to watch? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So we're designed, and uh, this is part of the education of, of, of the public so they get a better sense. Uh, when you look at the history of the building, the theater um, itself, this was actually two addresses. It was 2401 and 2403, and 2401 was actually a pharmacy in the beginning. Huh. Um, the, yeah, the way the building was from 1914 to 1935 was a pharmacy, a theater, and at the back of the building was a Western Union. And then upstairs, actually where we're sitting now, was a 12-room rooming house. Wow. So that's uh, one of the things that uh, we wanted to, to, to stay true to was the, the historical aspect that this used to be a pharmacy. Right. Um, a lot of the folks that you'll talk to that come in that you know were in here in the 50s, 60s, and 70s remember it as a jewelry store. Okay. So it's been a number of different things from a pharmacy to a chiropractor to uh, a jewelry store um, you name it it's kind of gone through a hair salon yeah um, <laughs> and so uh, it, but it predominantly from what we what we've learned is that it really was a pharmacy and it had the to-go window on the outside and everything so we wanted to stay true to that yeah. so educating the public we're letting them know yes the bars open every day 11 a.m. to midnight come on down and hang out in a historic landmark mm-hmm. at the bar it's not yeah. just a theater so when you look down in the um, in that front lobby area, you'll see there's a, a little drop down on the ceiling that demarcates between where the theater begins and where the pharmacy begins. Okay. And that's actually where our kiosk is located. So if you just want to come in to watch a movie, that's fine. You just go to the kiosk, get your tickets, get your popcorn, and just head on into the movie. But if you want to hang out for a little while, the bar's open. So. And y'all have done that up good, too. I mean, it's a full-service bar. Very nice. And uh, I know Homer, uh, one of your number one guys down yes, there. Sir. 
he had told me the story of the two different bars. There's a story with the, the bars. Yeah. There? So when uh, I built the building, oh, I say build, when I renovated everything, right. um, we wanted a, to stay true to the 1920s and 30s, um, which was when it was in his heyday. And so that's really the feel you get when you come into the building. Uh, the bar downstairs uh, is a 1929 bar uh, that's actually out of somebody's house in North Carolina. Okay. Which, uh, I could not imagine having a bar in your house of this stature, but it's it's absolutely <laughs> incredibly beautiful. Now, why and how? Why 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 did you choose that bar? And how did you find I, okay. in North Carolina? Is that so what you yeah, so no, I didn't actually have to go to this house and extrapolate <laughs> it. So that's good. But uh, there's a company located that I found. I mean, I did a lot of research just trying to find. I mean, I did a lot of research and created a morgue of, you know, all the different pictures of of different types of bars from the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. and wanted to find something that really fit the space. Um, and interestingly enough, the one I found first was the one that I have upstairs. Okay. And I'll just tell you that um, the bar upstairs is a 1929 bar out of a speakeasy in New Orleans. Okay. So uh, how did I find these bars? After finding all of those pictures and doing the research and finding what I wanted, I continued to do research to find um, if it was a direct owner that I could get a hold of or um, somebody that may um, understand or be an aficionado of bars. Sure. And I came across this company in Pennsylvania called Ole Valley Antiques. Okay. And all this gentleman does is historic bars. That's all he huh. does. He's got about four warehouses full of these different bars. Do they re- remodel them, refurbish them, bring uh, them back to they life? They salvage. They actually okay. are getting called by a, a home in North Carolina. Hey, uh, we're about to tear down this big, huge house that's got this bar in it. Do you want to come get it? And they send him photos. He goes down there. He takes it out. He dismantles it, brings it back to his warehouse, cleans it up, um, You know, does whatever uh, repair work, if any, yeah. uh, and then resells them. Wow. And uh, yeah, interestingly enough, the bar that I almost got for downstairs, uh, just way too expensive. <laughs> Al Capone's bar. Oh, okay. Out of his house. I could see how that might Chicago. run you a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. it had the plaque on it and everything. It said this was in, this is Al Capone's bar. I was like, could you imagine having Al Capone's bar in, in your bar? That was just phenomenal. But yeah. yeah, no, that was. They wanted way too much. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way: I got two bars for the price of that one. Bar. So, <laughs> and they um, weren't cheap either. I'm no, sure. they were not. They were yeah. not. So, but um, I saw the the one that's upstairs, the 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 speakeasy bar. Um, that actually coincided 100 percent with the research that I had done. The picture okay. was was spot on. So I saw that one, and I, I just knew was it like, was this real. Is it. That's it. That's I know. That's the one I want. Nobody's making up a story because you've got evidence you know that's the right one yep yep for sure and then um uh, obviously working with the the folks with with olivelli antiques and having them actually they actually loaded them up shipped them and we did it worked with our architect worked with the designers to make sure everything was going to fit which thankfully they do uh but i was I, i i've been here i will tell you i've been in this building almost every single day from inceptions to operations and you know, I've got pictures of everything all the way along the line. The one day that I did not want to be here was when they were taking that bar and <laughs> bringing it in to this upstairs area. Because you knew how much you'd just spent on it. And oh, it just... <laughs> Uh, you you had to take it up by a sky track because there were I mean it's in four pieces yeah but you're not going to carry it upstairs number one it's just not going to fit no and so the wall on the front had not been put in yet so they came in through and the so auditorium came in from the auditorium and lifted it and sky tracked it in 
and I was like, I'm not going to watch that. I'm, I'm just, I can't. <laughs> yeah. can't. So, so it's there to stay. It is there to stay. It's not going anywhere. It is not going anywhere. Even if we can afford Al Capone's bar later. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't happening. <laughs> no, I love the bars we got. And honestly, they're uh, beautiful. The, the one downstairs, um, uh, I actually physically i went up to pennsylvania actually walked through he's got four or five warehouses of all sorts of bars uh-huh. and i just was looking for a sister bar that was very comparable to the one upstairs and this one just just emerged and yeah. it's like this is perfect this is exactly what awesome I need. so it's awesome we were so excited uh i can't remember when it was not too long ago right before you and i talked mm-hmm. um and we were walking around and the lights were on down here and i'm going did they open that thing up? <laughs> and that's that's whenever we just kind of wandered in here, and I spoke with Homer, mm-hmm. and he's just a wealth of knowledge. But anyway, bring all that up just to say the staff here that I've spoke with, and I've spoke to quite a few of them, surely not all of them, but um, between them, and I've spoken with, uh, I believe your youngest son mm-hmm. was here the other night, and uh, everybody knows how hard you've worked to put this all together. And then from somebody like myself to, to just walk in here and, and see those pictures of what it used to look like. And now it's overwhelming to see how much you've done. Well, so thank you. Because thank if you. you hadn't have done it, this might, they might've already tore this down and started building a, a hotel or apartment complex. Wow, that just So mm-hmm. people like you are preserving history down here and we all love the stockyards. For those of us that come down here and hang out, we enjoy it. We appreciate it. And, you know, if, if we don't have a philanthropist like yourself, all this disappears overnight wow. because there's people with a lot of money wanting to do a lot of stuff just to turn a profit. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, this is very much a long haul for me. I mean, this was, you know, I knew this is what I wanted to do. This is where I wanted to be. This brass ring. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't going to give up on, on getting this done and done right. Yeah. And so uh, five years in the making, um, you know, anytime it ever got tough, I just would walk into the auditorium and just stand just sit, just breathe. Yeah. And I just knew, and it just would reinvigorate me and we'd get back after it and we'd go back and we'd fix what we got to fix and, and get trucking. So we're, we're thrilled that we are at this point. We're excited that we're open. We're excited that we can be a part of the history of Fort Worth. Um, I will say, as a side note, the city has been, uh, phenomenal in their support. City councilman Flores has been amazing. Um, if there's ever been a question or concern that I've had or anything that I've had to learn, uh, about walking things through or getting things addressed. Um, they've been Johnny on the spot. Awesome. Uh, a lot of people were telling me from the beginning, like, Oh, be careful. You got to work with the city. <laughs> yeah. I, I never experienced a negative, um, uh, exchange with anybody. And a lot of that's got to come from the community wanting to see this thing put through. I think so. I think so. I think they were incredibly, um, supportive of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's been something that I was very appreciative of. And so we're hopeful that, you know, we can give back with that process. We, we like the fact that we can expand exchange. It's no longer just main street and exchange. You got a little bit further down, but, um, not that much. It's just a block. And oh yeah. You're, you're right off exchange. Yeah. It's, it's real close. We went and had lunch and hung out down, uh, on exchange. And then, you know, we looked at the watch or the, the phone. Now we don't use watches anymore. <laughs> That's about the same thing. Yeah. One thirty, And I'm like, we got to go. And she's like, it's right down the street. So we left the restaurant at one thirty. We were here by one thirty-five. Awesome. So, and that's with waiting on the traffic <laughs> to cross the street. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's kind of crazy. So, um, 
So I've, I've had a business myself. I ran it for about three years independently and decided to shut the whole thing down because it was just a nightmare. And I'd get people all the time that would tell me, oh my God, we're so proud of you. You're doing so many amazing things as if I'd already reached the finish line. Like I've already established my business. I'm doing a great job, which wasn't the truth. I knew because I was the one with my hands and everything that this whole thing could fall apart any second. <laughs> so I just got to ask you now that, you know, everybody, if you, if you look at this place from across the street and you come inside and you look and you go, okay, it's done. Everything looks great. Are, are you, do you feel like you're at the finish line yet? Cause it seems like you're no. still burning the candle at both ends. No, no we're Every time there. I talk to you, you're very busy. <laughs> you're always busy. I no, I mean, the laundry list just grows. I yeah. mean, for me, you know, we, we turn the page, we finish getting this thing brought back. Now, how can we build on its connection to the community? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously we've got to build an establish as an arts hub. We've got to get the artists that we want to come in here um, and really build on that. I mean, we're, we're holding probably eight to 10 shows a month uh, coming through and, and just a wide variety. So that, that keeps us busy trying to make sure that we're checking and making sure that we've got the right folks. Um, they're still, things to the building that I'm not 100% satisfied with that still have to be fixed. So we're still working on those pieces. Um, And uh, then you've got, you know, the bar and establishing the bar downstairs, which we also, you know, you're down here in the stockyards. We kept the pharmacy window, Mm -hmm. the to-go window. So we do have beer and wine to go. Uh, Just trying to expand and build that brand. Um, But then we've got this beautiful space upstairs and we're starting to look at how do we bring in um, different groups and corporations and organizations to come and and enjoy the space and Mm -hmm. connect to the space and um, building that aspect. So, you know, that's, that's the next tier. I think we're just looking at building those operational components and you're right. I'm not done. Uh, The next big, big piece for me is how can we use this building as um, a springboard? How can we get it to where we're being more advocates for, you know, arts and education, um, strengthening, you know, finding your passion. Um, it needs to be a hub for people that are looking for what is it you really want to do um, and understanding that there's ways to tap into that and build on that. So how can we become a megaphone in the community to say, you know, we worked hard to get this to here. Um, anybody can do what they want to do if they put their mind to it, um, providing, you know, uh, training if we need to do that, but making it more of a forum and a think tank from that standpoint. I think that that's sort of the build and the outreach that we want to get to so that we're connected to the community, expanding with the community. Um, you know, and then there's all sorts of other options. And we were looking at, you know, obviously, you know, theater being a big, huge piece of, of who I am. I mean, we need to be, you know, maybe having kids in repertory and doing, you know, or, you know, a six week run with, you know, you know, student performers and what have you. Um, there's a lot of things that are still left on the list. There's limitless possibilities. So, uh, yeah, I still burn the candle. I'm going to continue to do so. Um, uh, the biggest thing for me right now is we want Fort Worth to come out. We want Fort Worth to come and see us. We want them to come spend time with us, um, share in the performances that we have, uh, stay at the bar for a little while and enjoy uh, this gift to me, this building is such a gift yeah. and, um, I, I want it to be something that gives back and people are connected to for a long, long time. Well, I think the word's getting out and, uh, Fort Worth Roots is always going to be an advocate for you guys. Anytime you need to put any information out, um, if you can think to include me in an email chain or something, absolutely happy to put that out for you. I appreciate that. I really um, do. and anytime you've, you've got uh, a chance to sit down and hang out and 
put out another recording we're happy to do that with you or your staff or that'd be great even if you've got some talent coming in the door and they just want to reach out to the fort worth uh community we do and that's something that that we can talk about that uh you know this is another adjunct i think is important for us to be able to to continue to build and get into this medium yeah um uh it's a great opportunity with a lot of the artists that we have coming through just mm-hmm. to, to even you know connect to those for i mean we, for example i've got a gentleman coming in next week doing a a one-man star wars show yeah i've been paying attention to that we gotta come see it (laughs) (laughs) it's it's pretty slick i mean he's doing uh and it's being billed as a star wars trilogy which says to me he's doing four five and six so he's doing the originals but he's doing all the characters he's doing all it's just him and it's all of it so so cool uh, we've got him for two nights um but wouldn't it be nice to have you know a 30 second you know conversation with him hell yeah um but just that's just an example i mean there, there's a lot i think that we can expand into artistically um and again getting back to that consistent message of you know uh the importance of art and the importance of of connecting to that importance to expressing your passions um and tapping into those resources and building on those resources i think that's incredibly important yeah well, and, and you're being kind of humble um, because you're you're talking about all these goals that you have, <laughs> but you have the the International Film Festival here Lone today? Star Film Festival, yes, Lone Star Film Festival, which is part of the international. I, I, that's a good question. I, I talked would be speaking to speaking at a same at a turn. I, yeah. uh, Chad would be the best person to talk to on that. Chad Matthews, who's okay. running this whole thing, but I, I mean, they're yeah, it's it's big. Yeah, um, it's been great. Yeah, it is international. I mean, we had a film that we showed uh, Thursday night that came from Russia. That's um, so cool. We had um, uh, there was a, a flamenco. I think it was um, uh, out of I don't know if it was Mexico or Spain. Uh-huh. That was uh, was last night. But yeah, international. Yes, I mean all all sorts of filmmakers have been through the building for the last couple of days, and uh, we're so excited to host them. It's a great space for them. It really is. You guys just opened the doors in June or July. Uh, I would have to say closer to July. We yeah. did host in June. We hosted the. Uh, 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 premiere of 12 mighty orphans okay and that was like the very first of june and so i really look at june as our soft open where we were just really getting our sea legs so really kind of going full bore between july and august yeah i understand intimately how hard it is to get in contact with people to let them know about a thing in order to get on board with their project so you must have been doing work to get people in the door far before june july Uh, yeah coordinating and scheduling and yeah and we actually um we were uh, originally scheduled to open in january and um that just didn't work out i mean with covid deliverables were a nightmare and uh but we were already behind the scenes working hard and we had shows set up and booked for you know all the way through march and then we had to call every one of them and say look you know COVID issues and everything else we're supposed to be open can we reschedule you and just about everybody was gracious and said sure we get it and so we just kind of took where we were going to start and just pushed it back and we originally started with um we had two um major galas or celebrations Mm -hmm. that we wanted to start the year and kick off with and it just just wasn't going to work so we were very flexible and we said okay we still want to do these but let's do them in december at the end of the year because we know we'll be open let's do a celebration of the building let's invite everybody to come out um it you know will help us financially just because the tickets are a little more expensive but 
uh, we we want them to it'll it'll help us, but it'll get people connected to the building and yeah. really celebrate that it's open. Uh, and so we have actually <laughs> we had um, Katie Caden from The Voice okay. uh, scheduled, and when we flipped it to moving it to December, uh, it's now an even bigger show because now it's Katie Caden and Rose Short who was also on The Voice. <laughs> uh, so now we've got both of them coming. Nice. which uh, I couldn't be more excited to have them come sing in our space. I guess I got confused. You're talking about this upcoming December. Yeah. Oh, four great. or five weeks, five weeks from now. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, um, but uh, yeah, we're just trying to do that as a rule. You know, thank you. We're here. Yeah. You know, we're so glad we're here. Come join it. Join us for a celebration. You know, we'll do, we'll, we'll valet your car. We'll give you a couple <laughs> of drinks. We'll give you some food. We'll tour you of the space and then come sit and enjoy a phenomenal concert. Yeah. Um, we've got, like I said, Katie Kate and Rose Schwartz. One of them, the other one is McBride and the Ride. And they're on a reunion tour. And I don't know how familiar you are with McBride and the Ride, but I'm not really big yeah. in the, in the nineties and, um, yeah, just a, a great country western band. Um, okay. I think at one point they were uh, playing with Vince Gill for a long time, uh, then did their own thing. But uh, two phenomenal groups shows the versatility of the space and allows people to really just. And I don't know if we mentioned it yet in this recording, but the the screen comes up yes, and you is. have a full stage. That's correct. Okay. And yes, those we are the performances that. you're talking about. Yes, yes. No. So our screen, yeah, we, like I said, we do movies um, Sunday through Thursday, then that screen flies out. And we're our stage is it's a true full performance stage. It's thirty yeah. feet deep. It's forty five feet wide. It's you know, uh, it, and then it works for just about everything you want to put on it. I mean, and I was looking at the equipment and the rigging and everything. It, it's all very professional. Like it's obvious that you knew what you were doing. Here. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> it's not it's not hanging by bailing wire as yeah, right. if I put it together. But the, it, it's seriously everything is just very professionally installed. And I mean, you have a great sound system from what it looks like. I haven't actually sat in there and listened to a movie or seen a performance yet, which we're going to correct soon. But uh, it it looks very very impressive. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I we worked hard to make sure that we um, did it right. I wanted to make sure that that our performers. Um, I'm I, I'm adamant about making sure that their experience is just as good as the. Uh, the patrons experience. You want them to come back. Well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but we want them We want them to spend their time worried about their show. Right. They shouldn't be worried about whether the lights are going to come on or whether the microphone's going to work or, you know, the setting on stage is appropriate. Um, they should literally be able to come plug and play. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've gone the extra mile. I've got, you know, a hospitality staff that um, will take care of them from inception to leaving. So literally... Once uh, we have them uh, set on the calendar, those hospitality folks take over. They make sure that they're picking them up, getting them here, getting their food, taking you know, get them settled so they're just comfortable. That's outstanding. Um, so they don't have to do is just worry about when they get here. Just you know, get on stage, sound check, and go after it. Yeah. So um, perfect. And then I've got a real strong technical crew that um, you know they've got everything set and ready to go. Yeah. So literally. Um, you know our sound checks uh you know some places you go and may take a, a long time to do it short and sweet we've got it set and it's nice. got a good system they get them in they're very comfortable with what they're doing and we just rock and roll so perfect i got one more question but i don't know if it's allowed yet so if it's not just tell me and we'll cut this out later but homer cued us in on on the ghost <laughs> okay <laughs> what do you want to know about the ghost well 
do you have a story there? I have lots of stories there. Um, the, what theater exists on the face of the planet that isn't somewhat haunted? Uh, they're just not. And um, this one's no exception. And uh, I know, you know, some people think, what are you talking about? But um, I can speak firsthand. You know, when I told you back in the beginning of this that uh, I did a lot of archaeological digging. I mean, I came in here by myself and working through rubble and finding stuff. And um, I have seen her on two occasions. Seriously. Seriously. Now, just recently, y'all did a screening for Ghost Hunters? Mystic or? Ghost, yes. They did a whole paranormal investigation, came in and did the whole whole building and found all sorts of stuff. And they verified that there was a female here, uh, verified that um, she is somehow connected with me or at least protective of me. Um uh, and uh, just a lot of just interesting things happen. And yeah. I mean, nothing's ever been bad. For me, yeah. nothing's ever been bad. Uh, I always feel very comfortable. You're actually sitting in the general vicinity where she hangs out. This is kind of her room. So we call it Marjorie's room. <laughs> <laughs> the green room is Marjorie's room. That's right. No one told me that. We, we, We've been in here hanging out willy-nilly right. all by ourselves. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't mess with people. She doesn't hurt people. She's not a poltergeist. She's not negative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And she's very protective of the space. I mean, there's, uh, I, I can tell you of um, the story of the gentleman who was the caretaker of the building. His name was Tex Bentley. And um, he would come in here and take care of the building. And um, on several occasions, he'd come in here, here he would hear a woman weeping and um, try to find it. You know, he'd be standing in one spot and be weeping, whatever. So he goes, because he thinks there's somebody in here. Yeah. Um, and then uh, could never find anybody, but you know, obviously hair stands up in the back of your neck. You hear somebody crying, and you can't see anything. Oh, I'm good. I'm out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he said that um, after I had come in the building and had done that walk that I told you, where I was literally climbing over and saying, "This is what I want to do, and this is how I want to do it." He said from that day forward that she never, they never heard crying again. That's wild. So, um, and like I said, when I saw her, when I was digging downstairs, the first time I saw her, um, I mean, and it's just, I mean, it's just that shadowy image. I mean, you can't really make anything out, yeah. but it was definitely, you know, a woman standing there in travel garb, um, basically just standing there staring at me the first time. Uh, second time I saw her probably about a month or so later, um, she, same spot, same everything, just standing there. And then she just sat down, just sat down and just, and I was like, Okay, we're good. I'm just gonna keep going. Not a problem. So um, hmm. yeah, I haven't seen her since. Um, but uh, the uh, Mystic Ghosts, uh, when they came through and did everything, they do their spirit box or whatever that you know picks up you know spirits, energy, what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she called me her angel a couple of times. So that's a good sign. I think so. That's think a good so. sign. So. <laughs> Well, Jeffrey, you got a lot going on today. The film festival's still going on. I appreciate your time. Oh, my uh, pleasure. You know, I, my I pleasure. Don't take any of this for granted. I, I appreciate it. So, um, like I said, show's always open to you. Anytime you want to get some information out, it you know, if it's just sharing a link on our social media, we're here for you. Man, that'd be great. So, I really appreciate the help. Thanks for thank taking you the time. Again. You betcha. Yeah. Welcome. Right. Enjoy. All right. Fort Worth Roots. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for watching the show.
a huge thank you to Jeffrey for letting us come out and do this recording with him. Uh, I'm blown away by what's going on at this theater. You guys have got to check it out. It's right there in the stockyards uh, before you get to exchange if you're heading north up Maine. Uh, what else? DowntownCowtown.com. Go check it out. Do not forget the grand opening galas Thursday and Friday, 16th and 17th uh, at 6 p.m. Get your tickets now. I'm sure this event's going to sell out. This is going to be really cool. comes with food and drinks and a tour of the facility and uh, two really great shows. So that's going to be awesome. When you go in to uh, check this place out, look at the pictures on the walls. Jeffrey has put up uh, pictures before restoration began and during the restoration, and it really helps you appreciate how beautiful this place is now that they've basically completed uh, the restoration process. Jeffrey did mention in this recording that there's still some things that he'd like to get done, but you wouldn't know that anything was left undone whenever you walk into this place. It's beautiful, but you got to look at the pictures on the wall. Another thing I want you to do is whenever you sit down in this theater, I want you to look over your shoulder up at the wall in the back where he has preserved uh, two rows of uh, the original seats that were inside the theater. Um, whenever he went to, to clear the place out, he kept them and he's put them up on display at the very back of the theater. I thought that was a cool touch. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why I nerd out on this so bad, but the the floor, <laughs> why would you care? But the floor is the original concrete floor. And if you look at it, you can see patchwork and like little pieces of metal sticking out from the original uh, seats uh, and stuff like that have been ground down to, to be flush with the, the new floor surface. But it's exposed and you can see it and it's just really cool. Anyway, <laughs> had to had to tell you about that, but you got to check it out. Um, and like I said, if uh, at the beginning of this episode, if you can't spend the money to, to see a show or you don't have time to see a show, you can always just come in and check out this really awesome bar that they've got right there. Uh, their staff is incredibly nice, um, very informed, and if you've got questions, they've got answers. So... Uh, Jeffrey, thank you again. And to your wife. Uh, hopefully we get to meet Mrs. Smith someday and uh, shake her hand and thank her as well. You guys have done an uh, incredible job with the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And another big thank you to A Night's Quest podcast for teaming up with us to kind of let each other's audience know uh, about one another's podcast. Their trailer plays here in just a second. Thank you all for listening to the show. Every single time you listen to one of our episodes, it shows up on an interactive map. I can see kind of the general area where you're from, the state, the city, uh, the corner of the globe. So uh, whenever you listen or download an episode, stream it, whatever, I get to see that. And I appreciate it. Uh, every time one of those little lights pops up on that map. Thank you. And um, subscribe to the show. Uh, we do these every Monday. Uh, this week, we actually released two so that we could get uh, downtown Cowtown at the ISIS Theaters episode uh, with Jeffrey Smith out as quickly as possible because we want to help uh, promote that business and make sure that it, it's successful, not just for Jeffrey, but for the community and for the theater uh, as well. So we rush this one out and maybe in the future we'll do uh, more than one episode a week. Uh, but before I commit to that, I got to make sure that I can pull it off. That's it. Thank y'all for being here. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Bye.
Well, hello, hello, fellow travelers to the podcast airwaves. I'm Nathan. I'm Jake. I'm Jamie. And oh, look what's this. Why, it's something we made I'd like to tell you about. It's Night's Quest. (laughs) Night's Quest is a fantasy RPG podcast where the three of us use dice and our imaginations to write a story together. We're putting some wacky characters through whatever situations we can think of to tell an interesting story, and uh, it's improvised, so we don't even know where it's going to go next. Sometimes we buy socks. Sometimes we talk about bread. And sometimes we accidentally summon the god of chaos. Just an average Friday here on Night's Quest. (laughs) And with an original musical score for every episode, you won't want to miss anything that's happening in our story here at Night's Quest. Every other Friday, wherever podcasts can be found. Yeah, we'll play some dodgeball and we'll get thrown in the dungeon by the king. It's fine. (laughs) We'll do it all here on Night's Quest. (laughs) 